Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out our other podcast. In particular, I want to highlight our Volume 2 feed. Our Volume 1 feed is now complete. You can listen to all of Seasons 1 through 3 at volume1.greatdetectives.net. We're now posting Seasons 4 through 6, so that runs from 2012 to 2015, over on our Volume 2 feed at volume2.greatdetectives.net. Eventually, you'll get to hear great programs like Nick Carter and the Adventures of Philip Marlowe, the lineup, and our first run through the uh, Yours Truly Johnny Dollar serials and Dragnet. You can subscribe to this podcast at volume2.greatdetectives.net. That's volume2.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. The original air dates, March the 19th and March the 20th of 1956. And this one is the Jolly Roger Fraud Matter, episodes 1 and 2. Episodes 3 through 5 will be posted on Friday. But let's go ahead and listen to the first two parts now. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Hi, Johnny. Pat McCracken at Universal Adjustment. Hello, Pat. Listen, I have something here I think maybe... Whoa, worth... hold it, boy. I've already packed. Huh? You are? Yep, taking off in about an hour. First plane out I can get. Well, how'd you know? I've been planning it for months. How could you? It only happened last Thursday. Pat. Yeah? I'm going on a vacation far, far away to Vicky. sunny Southern California. Little town of La Jolla. And to help me keep out of sight from such as you, I'm taking along all my skin diving outfit. Bye. Oh, wait, Johnny. That's right next door. Ah, uh, to what? The case I want you to handle for us in San Diego. Just change my plans, Pat. I'm going to Florida. No, listen, Johnny. There's enough commission on this case to pay for two vacations. And as long as you're going to be right there in Southern Cal anyway, uh, look, why don't you drop in on me before you take off? <sighs> okay, sucker. What? What? Just talking to myself. I'll see you. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an accounting of expenditures incurred during my investigation of the Jolly Roger fraud. Expense account item one, taxi for myself and my vacation luggage to the offices of Universal Adjustment, 436 Parley Street, Hartford, in the hope I could argue both Pat McCracken and myself out of taking on the case. The last two cases I'd handled for Pat had almost cost me my life, and I was beginning to be a bit superstitious about anything he had a hand in. But trying to talk him down is like trying to talk down your mother-in-law. Maybe your skin diving trick will help you crack the case. 
But the main thing is you're going to California anyhow. This way you can put your whole vacation on expense account. Pat. And baby, if I know you, you'll run down the case in about two days, come up with a swindle sheet for a couple of weeks. Pat. Just say nothing of the commission I mentioned over the phone. Listen, will you? You see, the Jolly Roger was insured by Southwest Maritime Insurance and Liability for 460 G's. Bert Parker, in their San Diego office, can give you all the dope on it. Bert Parker? Sure, you remember him. Handed you the Molly K matter a few months ago. A very profitable case for you, wasn't it? Well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but now look, so I'm not... you'll clean up on this, too. The Jolly Roger, you know, was one of the finest seagoing yachts on the West Coast. No, I didn't know, but Pat, Big I'm not going diesel to... diesel job, 110 feet long. Floating palace. Probably the most luxurious wooden hull job built since the... Wooden hull? 110-foot diesel job? Wooden yeah. Hull? And that, unfortunately, is why she burned to the waterline before the weight of her engines carried her down to Davy Jones's locker. Mm, total loss, huh? Total. 460000 bucks gone. That's ah, too bad. Well, Pat, it was nice seeing you again. Now I got to get my plane to New York to get my plane for the coast. But I haven't even told you why we want you to look in on this thing, Pat. Pat, I am going to the coast on a vacation, remember? But I told you, I told Bert that you were on your way. You told what? Sure. Phoned him right after I talked to you. Well, you dog. Sure. He's promised to contact the Mexican authorities that you may need to help you and have Mexican. everything all... How are they involved? Oh, now, look, Pat, enough of this. I got to get Sure, along. my car's right downstairs, and I can tell you the rest. I know. No, no, no. Tell it to somebody else. I'm going out there John, on a vacation. baby, you can't let me down on this one. Look, we haven't got any regular man out there, only a couple of part-timers like Bert Parker. You know, sell the policies with one hand and act as adjusters with the other. I got to go. Sure. You see, uh, here, I'll take that back. And this one. You see, that works out all right on small accounts, but on these big ones... Wow, what do you got in here? A case of scotch? Pat, will you shut up a minute and let me Not tell you... Not on your life. That'd give you a chance to change your mind about taking on the... Here, here's the elevator. Oh, excuse me, lady. Sorry. Now, I still haven't told you why we smell something wrong in this whole case. It's simply and clearly this, John Boy. Yeah, it's simply and clearly this. The diesel yacht Jolly Roger was owned by one Paula Zaganian, ex-rum runner, ex-gun runner, ex-shipping magnate, suspected spy through two world wars, and generally undesirable character, despite the millions he'd made. During the last war, he cleaned up by scaring some of the smaller countries into buying a lot of obsolete military equipment that was hardly fit for the scrap pile. And in more than one place around the world, there was anything but a welcome mat waiting for him. And in a lot of places, a lot of countries, the minute he'd land his seagoing palace, the gendarmes would stick to him like flies to a molasses barrel just to make sure he behaved himself. Anyhow, trying to argue with Pat was useless, so I agreed to take on the case. Expense account items two, three, and four. One hundred ninety dollars, four cents. Plane fares and incidentals, Hartford to New York, New York to Los Angeles, L.A. to San Diego where I hoped to grab a cab to La Jolla before Bert Parker could find out I'd arrived. But I was met at the airport, but not by Bert Parker. Mr. Dollar. Uh, yeah? I thought you were by the description. Well, don't tell me they've got me on those wanted posters out here, too. Oh, silly. I'm Jan Penny, in Mr. Parker's office. You know, Southwest Insurance and Liability. Mm, maybe I ought to take the case after all. I'm going to work with you on it. Oh, no, I'm sure I will. You see, Mr. Parker's in the hospital... When he received Mr. McCracken's wire about your time of arrival, he asked me to meet you here. Hospital? What's the matter with him? It's supposed to have been an accident. Hit and run. Well, what do you mean, supposed to be? Bert thinks they tried to run him down deliberately. Who? I think he'd better tell you about it. 
Yeah, I think somebody better. We picked up my luggage, dropped it off at a hotel. I phoned the place I'd made a reservation in La Jolla and told them I might be a day late. And Jan Penny and I went on over to the Queen of Mercy Hospital to talk with Bert Parker. On doctor's orders, I went into his room alone. Bert looked terrible. So, so glad you can make it, Johnny. Hey, you sure you ought to be trying to talk, Bert? Look, why don't we forget I it now? I have to talk. Well, well, I can, Johnny. They tried to kid me, tell me I'll be out of here in a couple of days. <laughs> a line, I saw the chart. Internal, internal bleeding. Hey, Bert. Bert, take it easy, will you? Look, the doc said you have to take it easy. Why can't your gal Jan tell me all I need to know on the case? She can't accept this. It's getting run down. Yeah, she said she thought it wasn't an accident. She thinks? I know. Yeah? Phone calls. Threatening phone calls. Threatening? About what, Bert? Because... Because of holding up on this claim. Somehow somebody found out I'd... I called Hartford. Asked for investigation. Who? Nagin denies that he... The owner of the Jolly Roger? Yeah. Denies knowing anything about the calls, but they weren't kidding Johnny. That's why I'm here. Then they probably know I was asked to come out here. Johnny. Yeah? Johnny better go back. Drop this one. Oh, Bert. If they do know, if they know you're here, they may try. May try to... Johnny. Yeah? Hurts. Hurts, Johnny. Nurse. Nurse. Three hours later, while Jan Penny and I paced the corridor, Bert Parker died. The only thing I'd learned from him was that I'd better be careful. Mighty careful. I took Jan Penny to the roughest, toughest dive I could find, Ray Kemper's Cat Club, in the hope we could both drown a sorrow or two. Why, Johnny? Why did it have to be Bert? You liked him, didn't you? I loved him. I loved Bert. Night. Let's have another drink. Hey, Jan, don't you think maybe... Okay. Waiter! Waiter, two more, please. I know this is no way to face it, Johnny. It's all right, Jan. I came out here like everybody does. Every young female kid who's been told she's prettier than the rest. You know, get the movies, Hollywood, glamour, all that stuff. Yeah, I know. But it was rough. It was too rough. And I couldn't play the game they seemed to want to play out here. And I was all set to go back to the farm country and settle down to the same dough. But then I met Bert. Instead of giving me just a lot of fast talk, he, he said he wanted to help me. He did, Johnny. He really did. He took me into his office here in San Diego. And we made this office, Johnny. We did. And he still didn't try to make any advances because he knew I wouldn't want that. What he didn't know was that I loved him for it. That I loved him. Now he's gone. Hey, look, Chan. There's nothing we can do about it. Except try to finish the job he started on the case that... Well, that put us here drinking too much and trying not to think of him and thinking of nothing else but him. Oh, thanks, buddy. Here, keep the change. Johnny... 
Yeah? You're like Bert. You're straight. I'm glad. Easy, girl. Maybe you didn't know him as well as I did. But you cared about him enough to... Well, to do this and I... Jen, 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 Listen, Jen. Yes? Grab your coat. I'm taking you home. I'm all right. Really, I am. You've got a double job to do tomorrow. His as well as yours. How can you talk? I know, I know. I'm out here. I'm out here to knock off the Jolly Roger, make sure the payment of the claim is okay. At least that's why I came out here. Well, then how... But how now can... I've also got to find out who... Well... Bert. Yeah. And I'm going to need your help. All right, Johnny. Come on, Jane. Grab your coat. I took her home to her little apartment on East Drive. I didn't go up for the usual nightcap because I didn't want to. And I knew Jan didn't want me to. I dropped into police headquarters, homicide first, and then traffic detail to see if they'd been able to dig up anything on the hit-run driver who'd killed Bert. Nothing. Apparently, the threat he'd received just before the so-called accident was something that only he and Jan had known about. The expense account? Oh, I don't know... Call it ten bucks. A couple of cabs, a couple of drinks, or maybe six or eight, or... I'm kind of tired tonight. Bert was a nice guy. Jan's a nice girl. In the morning, I'll call the hotel in La Jolla and delay my reservation there another day. Meantime, I'll get some sleep, I guess. <laughs> maybe I'll even cook me up a dream or two about skin diving and sunning on the rocks of La Jolla after all this whole rotten case is cleared up. Get myself a good winter tan to take the place of this high eastern pallor I've been trying to get. Oh. Hello. Hello. Johnny. Hello? Johnny, listen. Hello, I can't. Jan? Yes, Johnny. Listen to me. Yeah. We we must have been followed tonight. Huh? Jan? I I got a phone call just a minute ago. Yeah? Uh, a man. He threatened me. What do you mean he threatened you? How? Who was it? I don't know. He said, if I help you... Yeah? There'll be another accident. To me. Jan. And to you. And to you. Listen, Jan. Oh, Johnny, I'm afraid. Johnny Dollar. Johnny, this is Jan. Yes, Jan. A minute ago, after you left me here at my apartment, I got a phone call. Yeah? A threat. If I help you on this case, there'll be another accident. Huh? Like the one that happened to Bert. Fatal. To me. Jan. To you. Oh, Johnny, I'm afraid. Stay right where you are. I'm on my way over. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To the Universal Adjustment Bureau, attention Patrick McCracken. Pat, I'm addressing this to you instead of to the Southwestern Maritime Insurance and Liability because Southwestern's sole representative here in San Diego, California, Bert Parker, died yesterday in the hospital, presumably of an accident. But I don't believe it. I think it's because he knew too much about this case. The Jolly Roger fraud. Item 6270, cab fare and tip, from my hotel to the little apartment of Jan Penny, who had been Bert Parker's secretary before he was killed. 
is it? Johnny Dollar, you all right? Come in, Johnny, quick. Oh, I'm scared. Easy now. Who was it threatened you over the phone? Did you recognize the voice? Uh, yes. Well, who was it? I, I don't know. Huh? It was the same voice that called Bert at the office and warned him before he was run down by that car and killed. But you don't know who it was? No. Oh, Johnny, I'm so scared. Please hold me. All right, all right. No, no I don't mean that. It sounds like I'm trying it's to... It's okay, Jan. It's okay. Just take it easy. Here we are. Come on, dear. Sit down. Sit down. Here. Have a cigarette. Sorry. I'm sorry, Johnny. I guess it's just been too much for a gal. Yeah, sure. I don't doubt it. I thought when I bought you a few drinks tonight, you'd be able to come back here and sleep and forget what's happened. Forget about Bert being killed. It's because he held up the claim on the Jolly Roger. Because he sent for you. That's why they're threatening you, too. Oh, Johnny, be careful. And you have no idea who they is? Of course I do. The same idea you have. The man who owned the Jolly Roger before she burned and sank... Paula Zanagian. Just how much do you know about Zanagian? Only what Bert told me. He was an international crook, gunrunner, spy, shipping magnate, international troublemaker. Yeah, yeah, and just about as welcome in any decent country of this world as the plague. Bert didn't want to insure the Jolly Roger. Certainly an appropriate name, all right. If ever there was an international pirate... Well, go on, Jen. Bert didn't want to insure it. $460,000 wooden hull and all, but he had to. Southwestern is a small company, Johnny, and the premium, two years premium in advance, was too much to turn down. So that was the clincher. Yes. Bert needed it so much. But then it burned and sank. Yes. When they submitted the claim, Zanagium himself. Oh? Yes, Johnny. It was Paula Zanagium himself who bought the policy and he made the claim. Demanded immediate payment. But when Bert decided to hold up until you could come out here and investigate... The warnings and the so-called accident that killed him. Yes, now they're warning me. You. Johnny, why don't you give this up? Where's Zanagian now? Here in San Diego at the Larchmont. And you're sure it wasn't he who called you tonight, who called Bert and warned him? I'm sure. I would have known his voice, his accent. But, Johnny, I'm frightened. All right, I... now look, look. Go on in there into your bedroom and sleep. No, Take ho, a sleeping no. pill, whatever you like, but get some sleep. Look, there's nothing we can do tonight, and there'll be plenty for us to do tomorrow. After that phone call, I... I'll stay right here on the sofa. And look, I've got this. <gasps> Have you any kind of a gun? No, Johnny. Well, now go on in there, lock your windows, close the drapes, and get some sleep. That's orders. All right. Good night, Johnny. <laughs> I hope Jan slept better than I did. Expense account item 7, 90 cents, taxi to police headquarters, first thing in the morning. I spent a solid hour talking with Detective Sergeant Joe Franklin. Yes, they were working on the hit-run death of Bert Parker. No, they hadn't come up with any leads. All he knew was that Bert had left his office late, was shortcutting his way through an alley to where his car was parked, had been knocked down when he reached the end of the alley. No witness, no tire marks, nothing. They'd questioned Jan Penny about possible enemies and come up with the same answers I did but no evidence. Item 8, taxi to the Larchmont, where the desk clerk announced my arrival to the penthouse suite. Come in, come in, sir. I've been waiting for you to call on me. Mr. Zanagian? Uh, terribly distressing news about your colleague, Mr. Parker. I feel... Oh, sit down, sit down, won't you? Thanks. <laughs> Tell me, sir, have the police found any clue as to who ran down and killed the poor man? 
Oh, you know that he died last night? Oh, yes, of course, within a few minutes of when it happened. But was Sergeant Franklin able to give you no inkling of who might have done it? Oh, do not look surprised, my boy. I not only know of your visit to police headquarters this morning, but of everything else you have done since your arrival here in San Diego. Well, that's very interesting, Mr. Zanagian. Yes, isn't it? But I, I, I'm sure the reason for it is very obvious. Is it? Of course, my friend, of course. I am depending on you to see that prompt payment of my insurance on the Jolly Roger is made. After all, that is the only reason for your being sent here. Therefore, I feel it my obligation to see that nothing happens to you, that you are given, shall we say, adequate protection during the time you are here acting in my behalf. Mr. Zanagian, before you That is why I have made a trusted man responsible for watching over you at all times during your stay. Uh Uh-huh. I suppose that's just a polite way of saying that you've had somebody taming me since I got here. Oh, oh, by the way, a lovely girl, Miss Penny, isn't she? And she was so devoted to Mr. Parker. Terrible shock to her, his death. Uh, Your solicitude to her is to be highly commended. You really keep tabs on things, don't you? But now, let us get down to the business at hand. Yeah, let's. The loss of the Jolly Roger came at a most inopportune moment. My crew were testing some new equipment in preparation for a somewhat lengthy trip abroad. When the accident occurred, they sent her to the bottom out near the Coronado Islands. Just what kind of an accident was it? What? Oh, oh, forgive me, dear man. I forget you have not yet contacted the Coast Guard for the details of the whole affair. That's right, but how did But I am certain you will. So why should I bore you with information you will only have to hear all over again from them? Suffice it to say, dear sir, that the loss of my beautiful yacht was due to some mechanical failure, so to speak. Uh, Something with the electrical system, I believe it was. Yes, I do. But my point to you is simply that I must have settlement of my claim without delay, so that I can leave the United States as soon as possible. For where? Do you mind? Oh, no, 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 no. Of course I don't mind. But why bore you with my personal affairs? So urgent is my need for immediate settlement that I can only remind you that I am a most generous person. Which is to say, I can assure you of ample reward for anything you may do to expedite payment to me. Of the now, just hold on a minute. I'm sorry, my dear sir. Oh, dear me, I'm sorry. I've seemed to monopolize the conversation, haven't I? Mr. Zanagian, let's stop beating around the bush. An insurance claim for $460,000 is investigated in any event. Bert Parker seemed to think there was something wrong with his claim. He said so, and apparently it cost him his life. The same threats that were made to him have been passed on to his secretary, Jan Penny, and to me. And if that doesn't make the whole case smell to high heaven... Oh, my dear all right, sir! All right, now. now you're trying to bribe me to make a quick settlement. So, mister, if I weren't suspicious of the whole thing before, you can believe me I am now. Oh, my dear Why man. anyone with your reputation for millions should be in such a hurry to get his hands on a few hundred thousand, I don't know. But if I were you, I'd sit back very quietly and prepare for a long wait to see if you get it at all. Oh, how unfortunate this attitude for you. That a threat? No, 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 dear boy, not at all. I I am simply thinking of how much easier it could be for you. And, uh, of course, profitable. Perhaps you will change your mind. Not a chance. Then, sir... Since settlement of my claim seems to rest entirely on your shoulders at the moment, and since someone, I can't imagine who, has seen fit to threaten you. And please, don't forget that, dear boy. Mr. Zanagin. Yes? I don't scare easy. 
It was pretty obvious that Paula Zanagian was used to having his own way, would stop at nothing to get it. Bert Parker had been right. I'd have to watch my step. I checked with Jan, then grabbed a taxi to pay a visit to the Coast Guard. Lieutenant John Smith, believe it or not. You can take your choice, Dollar. Read the report on the burning and sinking of the Jolly Roger here, or the copy I let Bert Parker have. I take it you talked to him. Parker's dead. What? Yeah, hit and run. After he received a couple of threats to lay off this case. You locked up Zanagian yet? On what charges? Well, who else? Well, that's a lot to go on. If he didn't sink that boat himself, I'm a wall-eyed monkey. You find out anything to back that up? No, not a thing. The Jolly Roger sank in about as bad a spot out there as could have been picked. It's deep, bad current, dirty water from onshore silt. We tried to send on divers, got nowhere. Hey, wait. I thought she went down in Mexican waters off the Coronados. Yeah, she did, but we supplied the divers or tried to. International cooperation, that sort of stuff. But we got nowhere. How'd you find out about it in the first place? One of our planes on routine patrol saw the puff from the explosion out over the water. By the time it actually got there, the hull was nothing but a mass of flames. Sank 10, 15 minutes later. What about the crew? The crew were lost, except for one kid, a cabin boy. Yeah, where's he? Mexican fishing boat out of Rosarito picked him up. He was in bad shape. The explosion had blown him clear. He's in the hospital in Tijuana. Well, look, wait, hasn't anybody talked to him? He was too badly hurt at first. But I spoke with the hospital just before you got here, and they think he might be able to talk by some time this afternoon. Well, what are we waiting for? Come on, let's get down there. I can't until later. Uh, look, have you got a car? No. You want mine? Well, sure, let's go. How far is it? Even within the speed limit, you can make it in a half hour. Out this way. Right. The car's out in the lot in the back. Hey, look, you're mighty generous, Smith. I'll try to make this up to you somehow. <laughs> Forget it. I'd like to see you get the goods on Zanagian just as much as you would. I didn't like having him come into port here in the first place. And then when I learned that both Holland and Switzerland had tied up all of his funds... They what? Sure. Early last week's papers. That's why he needs the money. Oh, here's my car. And if you can learn anything down there, if I can be of any help, I'm on pretty good terms with it. Hey, Dollar. Oh, Mr. Dollar. Oh, about that. My car and excellent chauffeur Artis here would have got you to Tijuana much more rapidly and comfortably than you might drive, I am hey, sure. Now, wait, wait, just a minute. What Which is why I... I came to meet you here. I knew you'd want to talk with the cabin boy who survived the accident to my ill-fated Jolly Roger. Oh, you did? Yes. However, I fear it is too late. What do you mean? As I was leaving my hotel, I heard from one of my, shall we say, associates. He informed me that he had just learned from one of his, shall we say, contacts in Tijuana. Well? Oh, alas, the poor cabin boy died only a few minutes ago. Pity, sir, isn't it? Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, a dead man talks. And what he has to say isn't very pleasant, for it all adds up to just one more good, solid thread on the life of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote tonight's story. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of 
Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking. Welcome back. Well, some solid setup. I have some suspicions as to what's going on, but I'll withhold judgment and find out with the rest of you whether I remembered uh, this right. Jay Novello was definitely having fun in this one, playing a really sinister character, and I think just doing a great job. Episode 2 was interesting as usually these things have the next episode start after the cliffhanger. Uh, this episode actually repeated the cliffhanger. suspect that's because of the phone conversation opening motif. They didn't want to break from that. Listener comments and feedback now, and we have some listener comments regarding the Plantagenet matter. And this one is actually posted in regards to the first time we went through the series. Rachel wrote, The man fighting with Amy in the beginning said her name when he said the last thing he said to her. He said something like, uh, Amy, take it easy. I was waiting for Johnny to remember that the whole time he was searching for her. Such a great story, but I was surprised no one mentioned it that I'd heard anyway. Love your podcast. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, and I appreciate your comment. I'd not noticed that before. I did go back and listen to it, and he says, I was just trying to talk some sense into you, Amy. Now, you can look at this as a writing mistake. Johnny heard her name and never mentioned it and never gave any indication of having heard it. Perhaps indicating that the writer had written that in and had forgotten that the name was supposed to be a big reveal. On the other hand, there was actually no reason for Johnny to make note of her name. When he heard it, he didn't have any expectation that he was going to spend any additional time with her or that it would be important in any way. He was not on a case. He was on free time waiting for a flight. So whether a detective program would portray detective as catching that might be a stretch in terms of reality. I wouldn't call them on it or complain about it, but I know I probably would have missed the reference. And of course, it wouldn't do the police a whole lot of good, at least initially. Although, once the other case developed, they might have made the link a bit quicker. So, even if it was a mistake, 
by the writer, it's not unrealistic, and so I think that's why it got missed. But I appreciate you noticing it. And then we have a comment from YouTube where the uh, commenter writes uh, regarding the Bennett matter, terrific courtroom scene. And I thought that was actually well done, uh, and I would agree. And then uh, another... Listener comments over there. Dump, dom, law and order, insurance investigation, Johnny Dollar. And I appreciate you only putting the dump, dom in there because you start putting in more notes, even if you're just typing. And particularly if I ended up humming it, the whole video would be demonetized and Dick Wolf would get everything. <laughs> and uh, finally, we have uh, from YouTube, we have this from Eileen. I and this is uh, regarding the fire in paradise matter. Uh, and she writes, I hope someday that chat AI can be used to help improve the sound by analyzing the words and then re-synthing the voices. Uh, that could be interesting. I kind of suspect that sort of advance. That's the type of thing that would happen outside the world of old-time radio research, and then somebody learn how to do that and bring it back in. And I think, I, I don't know how far away we are from something like that. I think anything that would be done with old-time radio, it would really need to be able to sound natural and like the original actors and capture the voice and tone. And we read an email a few weeks back from someone who was not happy with the amount of cleaning up of the files. I don't have any idea how old-time radio fans would react to AI going in and cleaning up files. So it could be interesting, but I think it's a few years down the line and you might have some issues with acceptance. Finally, we turn to Apple Podcasts where we have another review of on our uh, Yours Truly Johnny Dollar feed. Uh, reviewer writes, I love the Johnny Dollar serials. I always look forward to the five episode Johnny Dollar stories. Keep them coming. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to write the review. And we'll definitely keep doing that. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Shauna, Patreon supporter since June of 2019, currently supporting the program at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Shauna. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And please be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you download it from. We'll be back on Friday with the conclusion of the Jolly Rogers fraud matter. But join us back here tomorrow for Dangerous Assignment where... Uh, Martha, as I understand it, you think you saw a man named Rudolph... Carpell here in Rotterdam? I am positive of it, Mr. Mitchell. You see, he and my father used to be in business together back before the war. Mm -hmm. That was 14 years ago, and I was only a little girl, but I have always remembered his face, like a weasel. Where did you see him? I was shopping the day before yesterday. Late in the afternoon, I reached a chinaware shop named Spears. Mm -hmm. I went inside, and there behind the counter was Carpell. Did he see you? I do not know, but I doubt it. He was waiting on some other customers at the time. I see. 
Okay, Martha. I'd like you to take me to that shop so I can arrange for Carpell to retire from the Chinaware business for keeps. The shop is just a few doors farther down the street, Mr. Major. Uh, what did you say the name of it is? Spears. Okay. Now, look, all you have to do is point them out to me through the window. Then you better get out of the line of fire just in Mr. case... Mr. Mitchell. They... Hmm? What's the matter? This is the place. Oh, okay. Now, just... Hey, wait a minute. I thought you said a china shop named Spears was supposed to be here. Yes. That is the trouble. This is a bakery shop instead. Look, are you sure this is the right location? Oh, but of course. Maybe we're on the wrong street. No. Mr. Mitchell, this is the place. I am positive of it. Yeah, well, a lot of Chinaware got transferred into a lot of pies all of a sudden. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, Instagram.com slash GreatDetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.